The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. With Daikin. Use less energy to heat your home this winter. D-A-I-K-I-N dot I-E. Your energy, your choice. On News Talk. Hello and you're very welcome along to the latest episode of The Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan. Coming up, Kevin Dundon with his last minute fantastic cooking tips uh, for uh, Christmas Day in a couple of days time. Tara O'Connor will be in talking about tablescaping. That is the art of making your dining table look fabulous. Uh, If you are a non-alcoholic drinker or you just fancy uh, a break from all of the alcohol, well, Vaughn from the Virgin Mary Bar will be in talking about fabulous drinks uh, to improve your day. And Arlene McIntyre, how the 1% do Christmas differently to the rest of us. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast today or at any time, you can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you'll find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. Now, uh, just the two sleeps to go before 2024 arrives and it seems that many of us will be saying goodbye uh, to this current year with gusto um, and especially when it comes to all of the world events which are sadly still making their mark uh, across the globe. But if you can't wait to get it over with, well then look, a celebration is in order for hopefully all that is to come that is good in 2024 and we'll have the fantastic Neve Mar in uh, with some funny ideas, I have to say. She's always a laugh to go shopping uh, with uh, decorating your home and getting it all ready for New Year's Eve and things that you can do and games that you can play and all of that. So do stay touch for that. If you have any of your own or any traditions that you like to celebrate around New Year's Eve, well, then do get in touch with us. And I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and are now looking forward to the next lot of festivities. And for now, you're very welcome along to The Home Show. Now, uh, of course, there's only a couple of days to go and I'm sure the households now are in a bit of a panic and maybe you're completely calm about the whole thing and you're giving everybody a cheese sandwich and told them, telling them to get on with it. For, for those of us doing a traditional Christmas uh, with everything that we have to prepare and plan, who better to help us uh, along the way than Kevin Dundon from Dunbrody House. Kevin, you're very welcome. It's good to be here. Thank it's you nearly, for, for coming here. We're Two just, I know, oh, no. I know. We're nearly there. We're yeah. nearly there. So um, what I thought uh, we would cover... Because um, asking for a friend, <laughs> this is the bit where somebody in my household goes wrong, but it's the favourite part of the dinner for a lot who are coming to my house. And that is the stuffing. Now, like I'm a very traditional, you know, breadcrumb stuffing. Yeah. Don't be doing any of the potato stuffing for me. I'm, yeah. I don't like it, but I'm sure there are people out there who do. Um, and when we're doing the stuffing, I like it's a, it's a kind of, Fruit, nuts, bacon, if, you know, if you can tolerate it. But it it's invariably drier than I would like. So where am I going wrong? Okay, so the traditional uh, stuffing is very important. And uh, so it's lots of butter. So it's oh, that would be it. <laughs> just to start, start, start off with lots First of butter. Speaking with Kevin. So it's, uh, what I do is I chop a whole onion, really, really fine, as, as fine as you can get it. And then it's, it's, uh, a half a pound of butter. So you what? Yeah, put that into your. Are into you your feeding twenty? No, no, no. It's just like normal <laughs> stuffing, and then and then let that melt down slowly, and then add your onions and your sage, and you're going to cook that until they're nice and soft. Okay, so there's no color, so it's just nice and soft, 
And then you add in uh, your breadcrumbs. I put it, I actually put sage and thyme in. And this is a Catherine's recipe, my wife's recipe. Mm. It's like, you know, the way families are full of traditions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, and if you want, you can add nuts and fruit to that as well. Yeah. I, I traditionally don't because what I do is I do two stuffings. So I have that as our main stuffing. So mm. that goes into the carcass. What's a great thing to do is when you're stuffing a turkey is, is if you get a, a large sheet of parchment paper. Yeah. And so you've a large sheet and then put your fist in the centre of the of the sheet and push it into the carcass. Okay. So you can imagine that the the paper's coming coming out of the carcass, yeah. but there's the cavity. You're doing and great you put, hand movements here then, for radio. Know, it's brilliant. Know, yeah. It's working really then, well. Then, I get uh, it. It's on video too. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, and then uh, put your stuffing into it. Okay. So the stuffing flavour is still going to go through the turkey, right? So, But then when it's cooked, you just pull, pull out Pull the whole thing out and, and it doesn't get more. soggy with yeah, the inside exactly. of the bird. Oh, all, brilliant. All the okay. So then there's... I, I'm the, still with the half pound of butter, but go on. Yeah. Right. So you're actually putting the breadcrumbs into that mix. I see, so maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I don't do that. I add the mix to dry like two breadcrumbs in a bowl afterwards oh, I'd add okay. it to it okay. and, then, and then stuff it and then the other end I would do a sausage meat stuffing okay. so, so I, you know at this time of year you can buy the sausage meat so and I mix breadcrumbs with that mm. And that's where it makes the dry fruit like apricots, dried uh, cranberries. Oh, right, because they all go with that. the sausage. Yeah. And then I put that in the other end of the turkey and it just makes the turkey look beautiful and round and plump. And then, but the flavour is there and then people can have a choice then of the two stuffings. Brilliant. So you have your traditional stuffing and then you have okay, sausage stuffing. Okay, that's a good idea. Now, in terms of the breadcrumbs, like do you just use like day old bread? I like I love the panko when I'm using breading stuff. Yeah, but it's but, not for but stuffing. But it's not for stuffing. Yeah. So would you have would you have um kind of white yeah, kind of I, slightly stale bread. Yeah, is that the best? Yeah, I would. I would definitely use. Well, personally, I would use white. Yeah, and uh, you could also at this time of year, like there's bags and bags and bags of. I know of, of are, having them. Yeah, already done for you. Okay. but but if you've got day old uh, sliced pan, just split that up in your in your blender, and also you can make that stuffing. Like you can actually make it today if you wanted to. Okay, yeah, brilliant. And oh, have and have it there. And yeah, just because stuff it's it supposed in. to be cold going into a cold turkey, so cold and cold, so you don't put a warm. Uh, stuffing into and do you leave it in there as long as the turkey's cooking then like yeah. the whole three yeah. hours or yeah, four yeah, yeah, yeah. hours oh, okay uh, well it's protected in the parchment paper yeah. as well so yeah. it's 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 uh, and also you're getting all that flavour uh, and the juices of the turkey's going into the stuffing too okay. which is also keeping it moist so maybe that's another thing that's, you know, you, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm doing everything wrong at this stage I'll give it another go yeah. alright now give me a go-to veg um, that kind of as a crowd pleaser because I'm not one of those who do kind of eight vegetables and four potatoes and all of that. I kind of try and find just one or two things that I think everybody will eat because who has the time? Yeah, well, I tell you a great veg is the melange of veg. So that's just mixed veg. So and this is, uh, it's pretty simple. So you you, uh, you get your, your pot, you put an inch of water in the bottom of your pot, okay, and then you you peel your carrots and kind of just chop them up roughly, so maybe kind of a half inch size, and in they go with a little bit of uh, butter and honey into your water, and you start bo- boiling that up, and then to that we're going to add in some sliced onions to it, and then some, uh, and then when the onions and carrots are nearly cooked, you're going to add in your broccoli and your Brussels sprouts, cut in half, and uh, you munch too or snow peas. You can just add regular peas. So just you're adding the them up. in terms of which ones cook the slowest first. Yeah, and then exactly. And build, okay. it, build it up. And then you just put that in the, in the roll. And people can just pick what they want out of it then. 
there's an idea. Yeah. And it's oh. all great sweet vegetables, so yeah. it's not, there's nothing harsh in that. Yeah. And even when the Brussels spread, the trick with Brussels spreads is don't overcook them. Yeah, don't serve them is my tip with Brussels spreads. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're but for there's somebody in my house who will insist on it. Yeah, but the Brussels spreads are lovely. Oh, you treat, treat go into all like these little, little, little crosses in the bottom and no, all No, see, that what nonsense. I would do is I would just uh, take the bottom off and obviously peel each one. Yeah. And then I just cut it in half. Okay. So they're halved. So, and so that's why, and they literally take about seven minutes to cook. So you want to crunch them. If they're crunching them, they're, they kind of like taste like baby cabbage, like cabbage. Yeah. So they taste do. like baby cabbage that way. It's the problem is if you overcook them, the flavour changes. They go kind of oxidey yeah. and irony. They taste bitter. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Not yeah. that I'll be tasting them, but anyway, no, I believe, I've, I'm told, I'm told they taste bitter. But I have a great recipe okay. for Brussels sprouts. Go on, give it to us then. Right, sprouts. okay. For so, the five Brussels uh, sprouts I'll be cooking, give yeah. us a recipe. <laughs> so, so, peel your Brussels sprouts, cut them in half, put them into salted boiling water and then in another pan, if you could put butter and a little bit of olive oil and uh, shirisa sausage, so cut up shirisa Ooh, sausage. I do like that. Yeah, and so you know all that lovely paprika flavour going through in the olive oil and the and the pork going through into the butter. And then you get uh, sourdough bread and cut it into cubes and put that in into your pan so they get nice and crispy and like croutons, taking out oh, all the flavours. Okay. And then uh, take your Brussels sprouts out of the water, strain them. Uh, like a panzanella nearly. Yeah. That, that kind of and then mix, and mix them all. Oh my God. Okay. I'll have to come down to Dumbrody and you can cook it for me after Christmas. Right, um, that's brilliant. Okay, so um, that's our veg, our sprouts, if it must be, two lots of stuffings. Now, when we are, we finished Christmas Day and we have the, everything done and all the leftovers, um, you know, it's good to have a couple of, of things to do in terms of what, what we can do, say, for St. Stephen's Day or the following day. Um, so my kind of go-to is like a turkey and ham pie with yeah. that phyllo because I just feel it's not terribly Christmassy, but at the same time you're using up the stuff. Um, so what, what is your recommendation? So, uh, well, on Stephen's Day, we we just eat the leftovers. Like we have, just like, a, yeah. another Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. like cold sandwiches and stuff. But the... Uh, the great thing to do is to do like um, a ham, a turkey and ham bake. So if you do like that, like an al king, so it's like cream and uh, red and green peppers, like a casserole stew. Lovely. Put that into, uh, into a casserole dish. And then uh, some breadcrumbs and cornflakes crushed together. Huh. Yeah, and a little bit of butter and, uh, and uh, chopped parsley. I'm sprinkling that on top. Oh, you got a crunch. Let, yeah, let that cool down and then put it in into a bag, like a freezer bag, and label it and freeze it and take it out in February. And then <gasps> and then you have a, right. a turkey and ham pie for February. But it's also great like the day after. But you might be up to up to your tonsils yeah, with turkey yeah, yeah, and ham yeah. at that stage. Yeah. So it's like it's a great way of using it up. And also it's very important that like, we all love ramens now. So yeah. the tur- turkey carcass, you can uh, boil that up and make a lovely rich stock and then make a, a lovely uh, turkey ramen out of it. Noodle soup. Wonderful. Noodle soup, so noodles and then some, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. it's brilliant hangover That might food. be my New Year's Eve dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in a chair, turn off the lights, watch yeah. a movie and have a turkey yeah. ramen. All right. Kevin, uh, busy now down in Dunbrody, do you close up for the we're Christmas? We're closed now, so we're yeah. all the family's home. Uh, Sophie's just got back yesterday from, she's in studying in Paris yeah. and uh, Emily's finished college uh, now. So we're all down in Dumbrody, family. So family. lots of help in the kitchen. Well, no, it's just, see, I love cooking. In are the you kitchen. control freak? Are you? No, because I just say, listen, I'm busy. Leave me alone. So enjoy Do you not your want egg. Not the day off. 
do you not no, want to say, d- folks, I, it's, I'm, this is what I do for a living. I'm off today. In you go and make my dinner. No? So, no, because I'd be, be looking at <laughs> making sure they're doing Are they okay. using enough butter? <laughs> yeah, there's always plenty of butter in my hands. That <laughs> sounds And like then it. if we run out, there's always butter in the hotel. So we just right. have to go down to the hotel and get it. Brilliant. All right. Well, listen, have a wonderful day. Uh, whatever you do and uh, I'm sure it'll be a phenomenal dinner in your house maybe it'll be slightly better in my house now after all those <laughs> tips uh, Kevin Dundon thank you so much uh, of the wonderful Dun Brody House uh, and if you ever want to go down and have a treat that is uh, the place to do it for a weekend actually what I remember about Dun Brody House it's a silly thing to remember but it is the shaped the little butter with the little shaping and the patterns on oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you had special. to do that there one day. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. who has the well done. Right, well, that's why I go to you and do that show. <laughs> so you're, coming for, Nick, you're coming for me. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, thank Pleasure. you so much. Lovely to see you again. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And you're very welcome back to the home show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan. And if you are just joining us, you missed Kevin Dundon. Uh, Fantastic chef giving us great old tips uh, on our Christmas uh, veggies and sides, including the dreaded Brussels sprouts. Uh, so if you want to listen back to that, well, then, of course, you can do so on the News Talk app uh, or on Newstalk.com, where it is all podcasted, as indeed are all our shows. If you'd like to get involved, you can text us at 53106 and you can find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. Now, nothing says Christmas dinner is a special occasion quite like a beautifully laid table. But if you're making last minute preparations, don't worry. My next guest has some very simple tips for you to make your guests wow, even before they are served a bite of food. Tara O'Connor from The Designed Table. You're very welcome to The Home Show. Thank you, Sinead. And Merry Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) Uh, Now, I blame social media for this added pressure at Christmas. uh, But in fact, we've always taken trouble with what's now called tablescaping uh, long before uh, it was invented. Because the, the Christmas dinner table, even if it's the same family you have for every dinner table, has to be a little bit special. It does, because it's the one time of year we can elevate our table and we can just go wild and show our creativity in our own homes. So you like the idea of theming it, uh, but it doesn't have to be a colour theme or around one item. You you kind of like that whole um, Aspen kind of snowy Christmas theme. Yeah, I think just around Christmas. What I always do, like I theme it in terms of the room where you dine in. I look at the walls, I look at the plants, whatever you have in the room and I would pick a colour and match it and just put it on the table. You just need one colour in your room. Yeah, so and it, it kind ma- of brings your eye then Absolutely. to all the rest, doesn't so it? So it doesn't matter if you have a yellow room, you can put red on the table. Okay, you know, yeah. have something in your room that will work with it and it'll all just work together. And, you know, people say more is more, but I kind of, when it comes to Christmas tables and any tables, any time of year, I say, you know, less is less because you need to have room for serving dishes, for gravies, for cranberry sauce, for, you know, all the condiments you'll put on the table. Actually, that's a really good point because you can get carried away with how the table looks when it's completely empty and there's nobody sitting down at it. But actually, the minute guests start and they're trying to hop over your candelabra or your big flower kind of thing and look at each other and everything then gets taken off, which is kind of daft. Yes. Yeah, so like, try not to, try set the table that you won't have to move things. So I always say test every seat and make sure you can see the guests that's sitting opposite you or diagonal. You can just do a test room with all the kids, all the family who's ever around you now and go, right, right, everyone sit at the table and you know the height then you have to work to. And don't put, you know, 
big decorations where it does look beautiful as a runner when you're not eating or mm. as a tablescape when you're not eating. But when you sit down to eat, particularly men, will just move everything that's in their eye line. I know. Talk it's about just ruining to, your own. <laughs> you go to the side. We don't need that. We no. don't need that. Take out the candles. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and um, you keep your your floral centrepiece is low. If there is too much foliage and flowers, because you've probably got them by now and they're probably in your homes, mm. just take away some of the stems and the flowers and just make sure you can see your guests. Add height with your candles, taper candles. Tapered. So the small ones, so you can do big tall candles, but not those big votive no. uh, church candles. No, because you can't see yeah. your guests with them. Yeah. Lots of tea lights um, and little glass containers. You know, they're available everywhere. Most supermarkets mm. even sell them now. And keep your taper candles tall and thin. So that will be your height on your table. Perfect. And of course, nothing then that's going to set fire to anything else while you're at it. No, and that's what, <laughs> like, when your taper candles do get low, if you if they are in your centrepiece, I kind of move foliage around. Just keep an eye. I generally allocate one person. Will you keep an eye on the candles. Yeah, yeah, and let them drip onto the onto the foliage yeah. or whatever you have. Okay. Now, uh, tablecloth or not? I I'm a tablecloth person, particularly at Christmas and Easter. So I think it sets a beautiful canvas canvas for your table and then you add your placemats and your charger plates and you build your layer up. I think it's very traditional this time of year to have a tablecloth. If you don't have one, don't panic. We all have a white sheet. Really? Oh, yes. That's no, okay. No one's going to know. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like a single bed, white sheet, or if it's a double bed, just fold it over. Nobody will know uh, because then you're putting beautiful placemats and centrepieces and okay. glasses and plates on it. So give it a good iron and stuff. Give it a good iron. All right. Now, you mentioned the charger plate. So this is like your base that sits under everything else because we do love to layer the plates up at Christmas. This stays on the table and like I think some of the nice ones are gold coloured or metallic oh, yes. colours. Yes, stunning. So the whole idea of a, a charger plate, it's ceramic or glass, it's to retain the heat. So I would reheat, I'd heat up my dinner plates for Christmas because mm. the food will stay. Sure. I'm one of these people that has a hostess trolley at home, sad I know, <laughs> but it's brilliant for heating plates. Yeah, the 1970s doesn't even want it back. No. So useful. I love it. So then my plates are hot. So going onto the table, if I have, if particularly for your main course, if you have a glass charger or a ceramic charger underneath, it, that it will retain the heat in your plate. And that's the whole idea for them. Yes, it is look pretty. Yes, it does add a layer, but it's to keep your plate hot, really. Okay, and then you you can, as the different courses come out, you can add it onto that. Yeah, and I generally move charger just after dessert. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you you're going whole hog now with place names and. Yes, but see, I do. I have my place names probably five years ago because it's the same people that sit around yeah, the table. Yeah. So I have my little box of them and I just go and pick out who it is and I match it to my theme. Or do you know what I love to do? Saying to the kids, we have a holly bush in the garden, go out and pick some holly. Um, the, the holly leaves are actually beautiful at the top because they're not prickly. So the whole idea is the lower ones are for the deer, won't eat them. Yeah. So I might have to go out and help the kids bring them in then just with a with a gold sharpie pen or a gold pen or a chalk pen or you can write the guest name Oh on the piece of yes. holly or oh, on a pomegranate lovely. we all have pomegranates in our house at Christmas you know buy yourself a gold sharpie today all stationery shops hey. card shops have them and you can write your guest names Oh isn't that so cute yes. Okay so, and you so get it doesn't have to be paper Yeah, you know you can just 
go to the garden. The one thing about Ireland this time of year is there's so much beautiful foliage. Yeah, yeah. And just pick a large even put. Oh, that's such a nice idea. Tara uh, O'Connor from The Designed Table. Thank you so much. Where can people find now a little bit more about you and get all those hints? So I'm on Instagram at The Design Table. Um, if you're anyone's, I'm in Avoca today as well and I'm in Kildare Village in Gather. So we'll be there right up to the end of the year. Um, so yeah, it's great. And just follow me for lots of tips. All right. Okay. And of course, those tips will do at, uh, for New Year's Eve if you're having a, a special yes, gathering. Yes, I, I just change the colour of a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And add lots of candlelight for New Year's Eve dinner parties. You make it all sound so accessible and easy. Oh, and your, t- and your top tip, by the way, when are we setting the kitchen table? Because you told me this just before we came on air. So I would set it today and I would turn the glasses upside down and... If you have a counter, you'll be eating at that or let the kids eat in front of the TV or, you know, I'd set it today or early Christmas Eve morning because it's one job. Like preparation is key when it comes to Christmas. Yes. Yeah, and time is, is of the it essence. It is, yeah, and just light your candles then before yeah, guests the arrive. Fantastic. All right, Tara, thanks a million uh, and we'll see you on the other side of 2024. Merry Christmas. Christmas season involves a lot of nights out, parties and big dinners with family and friends. And with that, of course, comes lots and lots of drinking. But whether you're someone who doesn't drink any alcohol or you just want to break from it for a night, my next guest is the expert on how to enjoy a non-alcoholic night out. Owner of the Virgin Mary Bars and online shop, Vaughan Yates, is in studio here. Uh, Vaughan, you're very welcome along to the home show. You have bought, brought a cornucopia of bottles and glasses and herbs and everything everything else with you. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to how this item is going to go for sure. Do you think there is a lot of pressure to drink alcohol at Christmas even more than any other time of the year? Thanks for having me on, Sinead. I I do actually. I I do think the pressure is up there at at Christmas compared to other times because everybody's kind of relaxing. More or less everybody's relaxing at the same time. Um, But I do think that pressure is less than what it was in previous years. I think people accept now that there's better non-alcohol products out there, there's better choice for people. And it's more usual or more normal, I would say, for people to not be drinking on occasion because they've got something the next day or they've got to drive home, whatever the reasons are. I think it's more acceptable now that people don't drink if they're in a group than previously. Yeah, and of course there's a big focus these days on well-being and health. You know, you don't have to kind of make up an excuse like I'm on antibiotics or, you know, something like that to kind of get out of a tricky spot. Uh, Tell us a little bit about why you set up um, the Virgin Mary store. Well, my background is I worked in the alcohol business. Um, I was helping brands and uh, whiskey companies to develop their distilleries and to, to sell their product. And I was really kind of looking 2018 at the non-alcohol sector because I thought it was a really interesting sector. And my wife, Nicola, always said to me that she loves working in the drinks industry but would really like to work in the drinks industry but you know, be better for you, the products be better for you in the long term. And as the non-alcohol category came along, we both looked at it and said, well, this is maybe our opportunity to look at drinks that we love in terms of cocktails and, you know, special drinks that you get, like, you know, sparkling drinks and, and beautiful uh, beautiful wines, 
And we thought, you know, could the non-alcohol category kind of get there and start to look at bringing flavours without the need for alcohol? And look, it's no longer about lemonade and Fifty Shades of Water. I mean, you are talking about all kinds of gins and, you know, uh, vodkas and non-alcoholic wines, which I've yet to find a good one, I'll be honest with you. But um, you, uh, this is about providing a special occasion drink and not saying to somebody at Christmas, we have water or we have juice, which would you like, you know? Uh, And you've brought along some examples here. So uh, let's get, let's see now what you have and uh, we'll talk about uh, how to make that perfect festive non-alcoholic cocktail. Okay, well, what I'm going to start off with first is I'm going to start off with, you've talked about wines there, yeah, right? The sparkling category works in wines. Great. Okay. Good. So sparkling, we have quite a few different sparkling on our... uh, (laughs) My favourite sound (laughs) of the Christmas period. (laughs) We have quite a few different sparkling on our website. Um, TheVirginMaryBar.com. And what's great about sparkling wines is that the bubbles help, you know, keep that kind of occasion, keep that kind of beautiful... Okay, um, thank you. Beautiful glass now. I've got a little, a lovely gold-rimmed flute here. It's very pretty. And these these sparkling wines carry flavour. So this is, this is Copenhagen sparkling tea. It's probably one of the most upmarket products we have. Um, And it's made in uh, Denmark. And uh, it's a blend of white teas and grape musk. So you're basically getting um, delicate, beautiful flavours. Oh, that's very nice. Very nice. It's, it's a not, high end. It's not that kind of sweety, kind of grapey kind of a flavour at all. Absolutely. This is for a mature palate. This is for people that like drinking champagne. And it's a great alternative to champagne because it has a dryness to it. Yeah. The teas bring the tannins in. And you get that lovely kind of balance of... Um, delicate flavour. Yes, it? you get it's jasmine not, coming through. I can I can taste it, but not as tea. I I know exactly the flavour, but I I don't have all the words to describe it. But that is absolutely <laughs> lovely. Actually, that would be a fantastic. I would default like if you poured that out for people and just said this is a new prosecco we're trying. Absolutely, it'd be hard pressed to notice the difference. You you would you would, and then sparkling sparkling wines do carry flavour in the non-alcohol sector. Mm-hmm. So we have various various different price points. This was developed by a sommelier who wanted to, to really look at high-end restaurants and bring an alternative non-alcohol drink to those high-end restaurants. So sparkling tea, we have um, two expressions. This is the Blah, which is a white tea, has jasmine and Darjeeling in it, as well as black teas and green teas. And then this, this, this grape must, which works with it. And it's an organic product made beautifully and is really a beautiful tasting product. All right, great. Now, uh, when it comes on to the mixers and and the liquor, give me an idea now of what spirits we have here. Okay, so what we have is we have, um, I'm going to make you an, an alternative to a, a a gin and tonic, essentially. Okay. Um, so these are what I call the first generation products. So they were the first products that came out. They were alternatives to gins. And this is Mahala, which is made in um, South Africa. Beautiful bottles, aren't they? <laughs> it's a triple distilled non-alcohol spirit, the mm-hmm. equivalent of a gin. They have Mahala Botanical and they have Mahala Amber, which is kind of more like a, a I'd say more like a kind of masculine style drink and served with ginger. But this um, uses botanicals, it uses honeybush, it uses some typical um, South African uh, botanicals in it, like Buchu. Uh, and it's, it's a lovely kind of blend of Fruit, botanicals, and herbal botanicals. Wonderful. All right. And you've brought down ice and everything, studio. Well done. You must have pegged it down here. <laughs> ice and everything. We've got it all. Now, I'm going to serve this with an elderflower tonic. Lovely. That's um, my favourite. 
just a classic yeah. vanilla with tonic, which brings flavour into it. Can actually do a super ver version of that? Yeah, this is the one, yeah. So you've got the uh, lovely elderflower tonic. Lovely. And I quite like it with ginger. So I'm going to serve it with a... And I'm delighted you haven't put fruit and veg in it because I find that, uh, I know that all the gins are kind of, you're going to, you've smashed a basil leaf, so we'll, we'll take that in. And, smash a basil leaf uh, here, just give it a smash. With. There you go. Okay. Open up the flavour. Excellent, right, okay. Garnish. Yeah, perfect. And then off you go. Okay. Now, one of my veg a day anyway. Right. Let's <laughs> see how they sound. Oh my goodness. That's lovely and dry. It is. So what you're I not getting like is that. a sweet synthetic product. Yes. You're getting a proper distilled product, uh, distilled by a lady down in, in uh, I think it's Stellenbosch region. Yeah. And um, this really is the kind of, I'd say it's the kind of um, better developed white spirit. And there's a few of them. There's one, there's Nokia here in, in, in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, that's made at Bowen Distillery. And there's a few good ones in Ireland as well. And I think um, we bring them in from all around the world. But I, I, I like this. I'm tasting now a hint of clove yes. in that. Clove, you're spot on. Clove and orange. Yes. Come through in it. Yep. Yes. Yep. So actually, it's very festive for this time of year to have that refreshing uh, taste. Absolutely. Because what you want to do is you want to bring those kind of orangey clove, cardamom. It's a grown-up drink. It is. Yeah. yeah peppercorns okay. in it. So just give us the name of that again now. and uh, Mahala. Oh, Mahala. Okay. Yeah. Great. Super. That is a definitely it's, very, very good. And it's an Irish guy, actually. Ah. Right, um, that okay. runs it. So it's it's great to have that kind of Fantastic. Irish South African connection. Okay, and then finally the next one. Now I'm going to make you a cocktail. Can't oh, can't be here without making you a cocktail. I was waiting for it. So what we do on our site is we 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 do kits for Christmas, so people can buy the product and the mixers. Um, now you won't get them for Christmas by the time this comes out, but you'll get them in the, between Christmas and New Year, and you'll also get them for dry, dry January. No, that's fine. Okay, New Year's Eve will be a good one to have. <laughs> exactly, before. and and the the great thing is is we have the, the cocktails online. You just go online, you look at the cocktail that you want. We'll batch it up for you, and then we'll send it to your house, and you can. I mean, and the and the, and the so methods there. Missing any any. The method is all there. Wonderful. Okay, so, so this what's is a, the base here. This is a roses cocktail. So I'm using a again. I'm using a non-alcohol gin. This is Siegfried. Um, from Germany, and uh, this uses natural botanicals, um, and I'm going to put in a serve of that. I'll put it into. My See, glass. you don't have to go with all the tight servings and the little things. You don't. You're you can it serve a double if you want more flavour. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got a lovely, um, I've got a lovely rose and pandan um, pre-batch that I've made, which I'm going to drop in. Okay, and that's your. That's your other flavour in it. Okay, that's a lovely pink colour. It is. And that will, we pre-batch that and we'll put it in your kit for you. Wonderful. And then you take a sparkling, probably not Copenhagen sparkling, so you play, take a cheaper one and you'll yeah. just top it up. Top it up. And actually, do you know what? That would even work if you just wanted a light alcoholic drink that was a cocktail without, you could top it up with the, with the real stuff if you wanted to. Oh, that's such a beautiful colour. And a lovely glass. Let's serve it in a rocks glass. Thing. There you go. Hear the uh, ice clinking there. Let's have a go with this one now. Nice and light. Again, dry. Yeah. But in a lovely, refreshing way. That's right. So what we try to do is we don't want you to be overly sweet. What we, mm. If you take non-alcohol, right, it's roughly half the calories of the equivalent alcohol drink. Oh, well, there's a good thing. Yeah, there's a good thing. So non-alcohol wine. Mm. Um, you said you've not found a good non-alcohol wine. I'd recommend Cologne Null Riesling. Tastes just like a Riesling. Wow. Okay. So um, if you want to get a, a good non-alcohol white, they do sell it in Ireland. It's called Cologne Null. And okay. it's um, 
And I think that the German wines, the wines that are slightly kind of sweeter, yeah. do work well when they're yes. non-alcohol. Yeah. I think red is struggling yeah. to get good mm. reds. Mm. Sparkling is there and there's some really good whites as well. So All right. Well, listen, that is a fantastic range there. I, I have to say, Vaughan, and, and to my shame, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised I enjoy them so much, you know, and um, it's a fantastic alternative for people. And even if you are drinking a little bit of alcohol and you want to, you know, uh, go half and half or every second drink or any of that, um that is a brilliant idea. Now, where can people find your shop? They find it online, virginmarybar.com. Brilliant. Okay. And all of the stuff is there. All of the stuff's there, yeah. That's amazing. Vaughan Yates of the Virgin Mary Bar. Thank you very much for coming into the Home Show. Now, still to come on the Home Show today, well, listen, hang around after the break. Arlene McIntyre, interior designer to the rich and famous, will be in talking about, honestly, how the 1% do Christmas. And you know what, folks? Uh, You'll have heard nothing like it. So stay tuned. We'll be back after this. I enjoy looking at my dishes and bringing everything out and it means it's the holidays. This year, I went with plaid. Plaid is very traditional and it reminds me of being in the mountains. It's very Tommy Hilfiger or Ralph Lauren, you know, that kind of a feel. So I mixed the plaid with snowmen this year. I found these great snowmen plates and they look so good together, but then I really added the glam factor with these gorgeous Christoffel eggs that are so stunning. And inside is an entire set of silverware which I did the gold with the plaid because I thought it was so dramatic. And you're very welcome back to the Home Show here on News Talk. Uh, I'm Sinead Ryan and you can find us here at 53106 or the Home Show at Newstalk.com. That, of course, was Chris Jenner, matriarch of the Kardashians, introducing her to her Christmas dinner table. Now, we all have our own quirky ways of celebrating Christmas. Some of us prefer the understated look. Uh, others go all out and deck the entire home in flashing red lights and stand Santa sticking out of the chimney. But what about the 1% for whom money is no object? Uh, but that doesn't, of course, guarantee style and elegance. What do the rich and famous get up to when they are decorating their homes at Christmas? Well, who better to ask than the stylist <laughs> to the 1%, Arlene McIntyre of Ventura Design. Good morning, Sinead. Thank Hello, you. Hello, Arlene, and happy Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Um, so uh, you have, uh, let's say... Um, an elite client list. Yes. You're probably not putting a plastic Santa off the top of the chimney or clambering down on a ladder. No. No. No, no. There's a lot of planning that goes into to this end of the decoration for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. and I was looking at some uh, of the celebs for whom this is an event to decorate their house. Yes. For, I mean, they've just come out of the back end of creating a Halloween, you know, showcase and now we're into Big wintervals. And well, like as soon as Halloween is over, I mean, it's practically ready to go. It's the next day you're turning the lights on for Christmas. Wow. And, and I a suppose... lot of these, uh, a lot of projects like this, they're, they're considered projects, Sinead, because the homes are so large. And they have up to five, six trees. So there's just so much wow. planning that goes into it. Yeah. Wow. So this is not. This is far away from now. Climbing up on the styra to get the decorations <laughs> far out. Far away. <laughs> okay. Five or six trees. So talk me through how Easily. somebody has five or six trees. Well, the the planning would start even from the front garden. So it's all about what how you know your your front your curb appeal is looking and how Christmassy that is, and a lot of people kind of work in a theme. 
So um, if, say, for example, we're running with that classic feel, that timeless traditional tonal classic feel, uh, that will carry right through in through the front door, which is massively important, making that very festive and creating a really important big, loud, Christmassy entrance hallway Mm. or foyer or whatever way, you know, whatever way the space is working. And then the tree can sit either in the hallway, one in the hallway, one in the living room, one in the kitchen, uh, one in the dining room for sure. And obviously there would always be a very special one in the kiddies room. Okay. The kiddies room being like their bedroom or nursery or something Well, like it depends. Or a playroom. It really depends. Okay. So in some cases I've done children's Christmas trees where it's very much theme for the girl or theme for the boy or it would be like a teenager tree where it's actually in their cinema room where all the kids might hang out of course on Christmas be. after their big feast to watch some movies. And so we'll have a really cool tree for kind of that room too. And are these trees, Arlene, that you kind of, the kids decorate themselves or do they come fully curated in? Oh, no. The, the, well, yes. Like we would try and get 100% uh, the kids on board for their own trees. So that's really important. Mm. We get a lot of Pinterests pages that are created, which I think is really cute because they get involved. Depends on their age, obviously, as well. And um, But for like the teenagers, I think they're really happy for us to kind of look after that for them. So you're sourcing uh, themed yes. decorations and that like well in advance. If oh, that's well in advance. Like you're talking maybe March, April, uh, right. the year before, like of that year rather, um, in okay. advance. So you have everything organized, ordered, ready to go, backup mm. lights in case you have any problems with the lights. Mm. You know, it takes it takes a lot of, of time and, and a big team. I was down in, down the road here at the end of Grafton Street uh, a couple of weeks ago in Brown Thomas and they, of course, have their Christmas store up on the top floor. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely, beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, now, I wouldn't be probably their best customer <laughs> But I did see they have fully decorated trees, which you can buy. Yeah. Um, Now, they don't come cheap. I I saw one up there uh, and it wasn't the most expensive and it was 2,400 euros. So you... Easily. You're, you're shaking your head. Okay. Easily. But these are investment trees. So that's right. really important to remember. And I think even even people at that end of the market, believe it or not, are quite clever with their money. And they, they like to know where it's being spent. And they'd like to think that everything that they are putting into their home is an investment tree, you know, that they can build on and perhaps add kind of a new color scheme onto it every year or... Or change around. Change and, around and talk them. to me, even in people kind of large houses, where do you store six, five or six trees? That's a really good question. And a lot of these homes, and I, I, I tell you no lie, Sinead, have rooms that are just solely devoted to Christmas decorations. So okay. they're like small apartments. I think I, I shared this with you once, uh, whereby one of our clients has on the third level of her home, which you reach by an elevator lift, is solely dedicated to Christmas. She's very organized. <laughs> and even all of her home accessories and decor and throws and scattered cushions and all of the trimmings are changed out for Christmas. Oh, right. So yes. it's not just the tree and nope. sticking up a bit of tinsel. No. You're changing out cushion covers. Everything. And Everything. So we would completely go in and refresh the entire space to look at like the theme in which, you know, that Christmas theme might be. So, for example, for me, I personally like going for the tonal metallic 
tones where you've got the the rich golds and the silvers, and then perhaps you could add in a bobble that's in the bronze tone or a navy tone if you wanted to really warm it up or if you wanted to add in that lovely rich burgundy red tone. So your palette, your base should be always in the kind of the metallic tones and then you can build on that. And then that fans right out, Sinead, to your sweeping staircase. Like that is so so important to get right. Oh, garlands. Garland and, and swags and really creating the wow factor on your staircase. Okay, so any guests then coming into this home, is they're going to be wowed from the drive. Correct. From the front, from the minute you ring that, that buzzer outside the gates of that house. Oh, <laughs> You're okay. you're entering a wonderland, right? Yeah, quite literally, and and that would be like into their bedrooms as well, or into their powder room, uh, the kitchen area. Like we would, like there is just literally no end. Well, what now I have, I feel kind of, kind of brave because I stuck up tinsel in my loo over the <laughs> over the mirror and put up a little kind of cinnamon candle and a tiny little that's nice. bit of fern. Tinsel's yeah, good, I, I know, but that's not what you're talking no. about. There. No, 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 no. <laughs> But actually, I really appreciate tinsel too. Like I get, I get tinsel. Well, it is gold but, tinsel, you know. But it's fun, and it, it, it okay. give, yeah, it's festive. So, what do people want to do in their bathrooms? Well, I mean, you now, their have downstairs to style is probably the size of my kitchen. But of course, but it's like a perfect place, like to have the most amazing flower arrangement, and that could be with real pine. You know, so mm. that you're mixing a bit of artificial with with real pine, and that gives you the lovely scent when you enter the bathroom, and you can have lovely holly in the tree and white winter berries and pussy willows and foxgloves and just make it look really festive and sparkly and perhaps put in some little sparkly lights in there as well. Uh, scent is so important as well. Yeah, and scent like at Christmas. We were talking about candles a couple of weeks ago and we were kind of trying to decide if listeners like that kind of cinnamony, vanilla, cloying kind of a scent yeah. or if it's the the kind of the pine and winter thing yeah. but yeah. would you advocate different ones for different rooms or, well, or how people are feeling? I think you need to get make sure that all of your scent throughout the house is pretty much the same throughout Okay, you're, gonna, you're just going to have a migraine by 12 o'clock Well afternoon. that's true so that's a lesson for us all really <laughs> yeah. yeah Okay. So stick be, be really true to your scent from the front door in and whatever that might be, don't mix. Even with your diffusers, your candles, just keep everything the same. Okay, your clients are going for the Joe Malone all the way through. Oh, right? all the way. Um, <laughs> White, the White Company has some really cracking oh, yeah. candles as well. Yeah. Really nice scents too. For Christmas, they do limited candle editions as well, which okay. are really nice. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I think and they, they make nice gifts too. Okay, so for the rest of us mortals then, who possibly wouldn't be in your um, wheelhouse this Christmas, Arlene, talk to me about how we can all make uh, our own decorations look elegant, timeless and expensive. The metallic tones is a big part of it because... You're investing. I think they're investments. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can definitely pick up some really beautiful golds and silvers in January Mm. and, you know, store them away for the next, you know, tree next year. And there's just really good value out there in January. But definitely stick with the neutrals. Keep it very tonal. I think they're investments for everybody. Um... I think it's really important to get your swag right on the stairs so that your your handrail on the stairs is always embellished with, you know, lovely kind of metallic tones, maybe rich golds and silvers and clear baubles and just very sparkly and mm. festive. And get your front door wreathed right. That's really, really important. Yeah, it's a big deal, the, the yeah. front door. It's become a massive thing, hasn't it? And maybe the curated, um, I, I was going to say origami, what do you call those plants when you kind of do them all beautifully, the little bonsais and all that. Oh, the topiaries. The topiaries. Yes, yes, getting, yes. Um, like your 
not going to stick some fairy lights on it, but you do no. have to do it nicely, don't you? But you can. You can totally like like every year you can change your velvet bow on your front door. May it be green one year. It can be a really rich green. It could be a burgundy red. It could be navy blue. Like whatever your your tone is. But I think do invest in a really good front door wreath. Mm. That's number one. Mm. Get your handrail right. Getting your wreath and your swags right. I think that's really important to invest in. Invest in really good Christmas tree and good lights. And top tip would be to try and get the lights as far into the tree as possible, not draping on the outside. The, the tree should look like it's glowing from within. Oh, good tip. Yeah. All right. Thank you for keeping us grounded, <laughs> Arlene, as ever. You come with the most fabulous of styles and we can only aspire uh, in our own homes uh, to making that special. <laughs> Listen, you. you're always a fabulous guest to have on. Thank you, And um, happy Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope we'll have you again in 2024. Absolutely. Uh, bringing us all of that uh, fabulousness. Uh, and Arlene, you can find her in the meantime, if you can't wait till then, in on Ventura Design, Ventura Interiors on Instagram, where all that fabulousness reigns. Uh, thanks a million for joining us on The Home Show. And that's all we have time for on this latest episode of the Home Show podcast. It has been my pleasure being with you today and thank you for your company. We are having a podcast after Christmas for uh, just ahead of New Year's Eve. So be loads and loads of festive stuff there. So so do remember that. And it'll be up on the News Talk website, which is newstalk.com or on the app. And if you like and subscribe to the podcast, you will not miss any of that or indeed any other episode. Uh, it's been lovely to have you uh, this week. And if you want to get in touch with us at anytime it's the home show at newstalk.com and you'll find me on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100 see you next time The Home Show with Sinead Ryan Saturday morning at 8 with Daikin on Newstalk